Hey listeners, Julia here. Just a quick disclaimer, this episode does cover some sensitive topics that maybe are best left out of little ears. So skip this one with your family and just enjoy it yourself. Thanks. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast. Welcome the podcast. back to another episode of Tis the Podcast. The, the podcast. podcast that's determined to keep this Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. And the podcast where two out of the three L's show up on time because they care enough about you listeners. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom, who was late. <laughs> so Tom, I, I have a uh, story to tell you. Uh-oh. This doesn't feel good. So I was in... I was in the car with Sarah earlier. It's my dad's birthday today. Happy birthday, dad. We were driving. Happy birthday, Anthony's dad. We were driving to dinner to go have dinner with them. And I was talking about the recording tonight, recording with y'all. And she, I mentioned your name. And Sarah's like, I had a dream about Tom the other night. Most women do. And, well, my first reaction was like, What? And she was like, not that kind of dream. <laughs> but uh, but uh, she said it was so weird because I remember meeting him in person and thinking he was the nicest guy. But in my dream, he was so obnoxious. And I was like, no, no, you hit the nail on the head. Your dream's so goddamn correct. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> was her dream oh. just listening to us recording one week? Or maybe she actually listened to one of our episodes? does marty listen to the podcast no christine doesn't either our spouses don't support the things that we do (laughs) sarah's still amazed i tell her all the time because when i told her three years ago when we were launching this about my idea she's like no one's gonna listen to that it's so niche she can't believe how many downloads we actually do get she's (laughs) like i guess there's an audience for everything I remember that's the f- <laughs> that was our first conversation, how both of our li- wives are like, but why? <laughs> well, well, it's so funny because then like she heard me. So I've been adding background music to our Christmas in July recordings, which is, we got so many, which is awesome. Yeah. But as I was sitting here adding music, you know, we got a lot from fellow Christmas podcasters. So she'd hear them all mention their podcast names and she's like, there are that many Christmas podcasts? Like, what a niche market. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she doesn't listen. I asked her, Sarah, you listen to podcasts. Why don't you listen to ours? And she says, I hear you recording. And I'm like, but that's only one side of the conversation. Right? Come on. <laughs> only side she cares about. <laughs> that's what her answer should have been. Yeah, See, Marty no, just doesn't listen to podcasts at all. So She listens to true crime usually. Yeah. Jerry Davila brought some awesome news to my attention. M&M's just announced a new sugar cookie flavor for Christmas this year. Ugh. 
Really? I am an M&M purist. I like the peanut ones the best. And if I, I get a little ones. if I get a little wild, I'll get the peanut butter ones. Have you tried the hazelnut ones? No. The, the only ones I it's have like besides Nutella, regular or pretzel. It's like Nutella wrapped in M&M coating. Yeah. Question Why wouldn't for I just you? have Nutella? Question for you. Yes. Which color is the rarest of M&M colors? The brown. Orange. Brown. Really? That's my favorite. Do you guys Tastes so the most I'm, chocolatey. So I'm a sucker for marketing, right? I I totally fall like it's once a year at least. Eminem does the thing. Find the bag with only the red or the green M&Ms and you win all this money and like a lifetime's of I'm a sucker whenever I see that going on. I'll stock up on M&M oh, and I never awesome. find it. You never, never find, find it. it. And you never see, like, so what I don't understand about these things, you would think if there was a winner, they would, like, have them on commercials and really show them off. I don't know anybody who's ever won something like that. Yeah, I'm not convinced they ever have a winner. So, so y'all, I defended Oklahoma slash Tulsa on a conference call today at work because of y'all. Whoa, what happened? So every Tuesday, we have a call with the district manager, like, our team like the overall larger team. And every week she does this round table after she goes through what she wants. Like uh, she makes, to make sure everyone's engaged, she'll call everyone out and be like, oh, so what's going on with you? Like, what are you doing? Like, cause you work from home and then she'll ask her weekends are and stuff. Well, one of the project managers was just in Oklahoma for a wrestling tournament. His son was in it. And uh, he said, yeah, so as you can imagine, my last week sucked. Oklahoma, nothing out there. Literally nothing except flatland. <laughs> like, and he just went on and on. And I was like, well, I've never been to Oklahoma, but two of my best friends live in Tulsa, and Aww. they make it sound awesome. And I can't wait to get out there and visit them one day. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. That is so nice. I defended your home state. And I would never have Thank done you, that Anthony. three years ago before meeting two awesome people from Oklahoma. But you two <laughs> actually want me, to, you two actually make me want to come out and visit at some point for a long weekend or something. I want you to. Well, Tom could show you like all the cool Oklahoma things. And I would tag along because I also have not seen them. <laughs> I've seen some of them. Uh, I, I just want to make it very clear. I know you don't often go out because you, Tom invites you to all the stuff and you always pass. But if I made a trip out there, I'd hope that at least we could get a coffee or something. Oh, yeah, totally. I would. <laughs> okay. I would absolutely do that. Um, just so I, sure. I have on more than one occasion been giving friends or family who are visiting tours of Tulsa and other people start tagging along. Yeah. So yeah. I love doing tours of Tulsa. I would love to show you around our awesome city and tell you just how amazing it is. <laughs> you know, I because would tag along on that tour. Tulsa is uh, second only to Miami, which is an armpit cesspool that nobody ever wants to visit anyway for Art Deco architecture. So if you and like Miami seeing, had Art Deco. Hmm, it's the Art Deco capital of the country. I didn't know the that. World. Mm -hmm. You know why you don't know that? Because nobody wants to go to Miami. Yeah, I guess so. I don't Welcome to Miami. That was literally, I mean, everyone thinks of that song when you hear the word Miami. That's what was going through my head. But how was y'all weeks? I've been rambling about Sarah's dreams and the work. So how was y'all weeks? Good week. I dyed my hair pink, which you can't really see anymore. Because that's Ooh. the level of quarantine I'm at. Well, you know. get, get, get used to it. It's going to last a lot longer by the same Yeah. Time. No, yeah, so we got... <laughs> 
we got our back to school plans for the kids. Oh, what are they? today? What, what are they doing in Owasso? Uh, they're not doing anything in Owasso. Like, oh no, no, they are actually doing something. They have, they've built one day into the semester where everybody will virtual learn from home so they can deep clean the school one day in the whole semester. That's crazy. And masks are not required. Oh, but if you have a fever, you do in fact have to stay home. 72 hours now instead of just 24 hours fever free. Wait, so how, on, honest question, how do you already feel about that? Uh, it's crap. How is your week, Tom? Like, <laughs> any worse than that? Well, my school I'm just going to do the pink hair and then skip to Tom. We have, <laughs> we pulled Ellie out of school for the first fall. Mm-hmm. She's not going to go to school. Um, it was very We're expensive. not reopening in New York. It was a very expensive decision to make. So we got her enrolled in an online charter school, and we started mm-hmm. a COVID pandemic homeschooling group with some other cool people who are um, not going to be sending their kids to school as well. And we already have like uh, people who are stepping up to teach different things. I'm, yeah. I'm going to ask you a question now that's going to be a compliment to you, and I hate asking it on the podcast because I like trolling you. <laughs> Is there anything you can't do? Let's start a homeschooling group. Let's give everyone the history of Oklahoma. I know every <laughs> celebrity here. Uh, I, I was on top of the COVID situation before masks were cool. Like, is there anything you can't do? It really was. <laughs> it really was. People were really making fun of me a lot. Uh, I was on a call with a guy today from church. Who was who's our treasurer? He's like, you know, you came to that that board meeting back in February wearing a mask, and I thought our deacon is nuts. He said, I gotta look back. You were onto something. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, uh, it is. It is. Uh, you know, if you see something that's not working or needs to be done differently, just change it. So we did that. But I will say, the school district we're in has finally decided to not be racist. Really? Union's not going to be the Redskins anymore. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're uh, changing yep. their name, which is good. About yep. time. After, yep. right, it's come up a few times. Glad they're well, finally. I remember that took... from when I was a kid. How they have been talking about it that long. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we got, uh, rid of, we got rid of Robert E. Lee in Tulsa a few years ago, and uh, now we're getting rid of the Redskins. So. so you know what else is cool this week? Recording our Hamilton episode. That was fun. Oh my fun. gosh. That was fun. It was a lot of singing. It was a lot of singing. Lot I of never singing. thought, I'm sure our listeners loved hearing us all rap. Dude, I got this rap down. Tonight, we are talking the American sitcom, Everybody Loves Raymond. Do they? Before we get into the cast, real quick plus announcement for the show from IMDb. Ray Barone seemingly has it all. A wonderful wife, a beautiful family, a great job, a nice house on an island. There's only one problem. His obnoxious parents who live across the street and his jealous brother are always getting in the way. So this show was created by Philip Rosenthal, who I have to give a shout out because he grew up in the city I grew up in, New City, New York, located in Rockland County. He went to my rival high school. I went to South. He went to North. Um, yeah. Funny. And, yep. Small little world. And he got his start. He wrote on Coach. He did The Simpsons. He um, helped did a pass on The Simpsons movie, Spanglish. He was in Curb Your Enthusiasm, 30 Rock. 
he directed Bill Clinton in the White House Correspondence Center in 2000. He did a 9-11 telethon, and he did Everybody Loves Raymond. So. English, man, I love that movie. That is one of the Adam Sandler movies I can stand, which sadly, we have to bring up Adam Sandler later, thanks to our good friend Todd Killian. You mean Anthony? I'm going to ignore that until later, because I have a whole rebuttal for that. Anyway, (laughs) this show um, stars Ray Romano as Raymond. And as Ray Barone, he won an Emmy for the show. He voiced Manny in the Ice Age film series. He was on the TNP comedy, Men of a Certain Age. He was in Parenthood in a recurring role. He was such a good role in Parenthood. He was in The Big Sick and The Irishman. So he actually seems to be doing more the older he gets, which is something a lot of actors get to do and not actresses. Uh, starring as his wife is Patricia Heaton. Who... Are we going to talk our favorite Ray Romano? Oh, yes. Favorite Ray Romano. Parenthood. Good choice. He played such a complex character. He did. Which he does not in this show. No, he's, he's not. Re- he's just, he's barely above carnal. I'm, <laughs> I've never... I'm Ray. Sex, food, football, golf. My favorite is Everybody Loves Raymond, but we'll get to that why in the histories. But I did like the first Ice Age. They had so many of those, I couldn't keep up with them. Do you have one, Julia? I don't. It, um, if uh, I probably would have watched Parenthood, I that would probably be my answer. Because it looks like a show I would probably like. So He plays a photographer with Asperger's, who is yeah. romantically involved with one of the main characters. Gilmore Girls? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's my favorite, Ray Romano. Mm-hmm. Playing his wife is Patricia Heaton, um, who had a very popular sitcom on ABC after the show, The Middle, where she played Frankie Heck, and I loved that show. Um, that's probably what she's best known for. She's personal life, she's very religious, so she does a lot of that stuff. She's very outspokenly religious. She did a voice in Smallfoot. She was in The Star, so we covered her before. And yeah, did you guys watch I the love The Middle. Me too. So much do I love The Middle. Me too. Uh, playing Ray's brother, older brother, Robert, is... Raymond. <laughs> Raymond. <laughs> is Brad Garrett. Um, he was in Casper. He did the voice of Fatso, Casper's uncle, the ghost. Uh, he did voices in Pocahontas 2, A Bug's Life, an extremely goofy movie, Finding Nemo, the Garfield movie, Night at the Museum, Ratatouille, Tangled, Hoodwink 2, Planes, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows. He did Eeyore and Christopher Robin, which he was perfect for that role. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, always, always, always bandied around to play Herman Munster in this long developed Munsters movie that never seems to come to fruition, but he'd be perfect as Herman Munster. He has the voice and the height. Um, so yeah, I loved him in Finding Nemo as the, uh, the fish, which he was the blowfish, right? 
Yes, he was. Loved him yes, he was. Yeah, and I loved him. I loved Christopher Robin. I loved. <laughs> I thought that movie was adorable. So I loved him as a year in that. What's y'all's favorite Brad Garrett? Because he did. I think I'm entangled. Who was, which one was he entangled? Yeah. He's with hook hand. Got it. Yep. <laughs> what about what you, do you? What do you call a pirate with two eyes, two hands, and two feet? A rookie. A rookie. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's a good one. Uh, so it was really disturbing. I won't say it was my favorite, but I gained respect for Brad Garrett on an episode of Law and Order SVU, where he played a bad guy. Ooh. Oh, it was rough. Right. But yeah. I bet it was. What kind of crime did he commit? I'm guessing it was Law and Order SVU, so it's right. You yeah. know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, he's he's done a lot. I'm just not because man. Can you I do admit like he him, probably made like him as Herman Munster? Dum dum, okay, dum dum, gum gum dum dum, gum gum dum dum. <laughs> that was he would him, be right? a good Herman Munster. Oh, he would. That was him, right? In Night at the Museum. Yes. Yep. That was gum, him. Gum gum dum dum. Um, so getting to who I think are the two best people on the show. Uh, Doris Roberts and Peter Boyle play Ray's parents, Frank Marie and Frank Barone. We've covered both of them before. Doris Roberts, most notably on our show, was in Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. And Peter Boyle was in The Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And its sequel, Says Father Time. So I don't think we need to talk about their acting since we've been through them. And uh, yeah, they have three kids on the show too, who are played by real life siblings, Madeline Sweeten, Sawyer Sweeten, who is sadly passed away. He committed suicide. Oh my gosh. And, uh, what? Yeah, he committed suicide in 2015. Oh, that's heartbreaking. And his brother, Sullivan Sweeten. I didn't know they were real life kids. Uh, yep, <laughs> they definitely were. They were not robots. I was shocked to learn that too. <laughs> real life siblings is what I meant to say. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's really sad. And uh, the only other person worth mentioning for the later episodes is Monica Haran, plays Amy, who is Robert's on again, off again girlfriend and eventual wife on the show. She is married to the creator of the show, Philip Rosenthal. So she was in a lot of uh, things he's written. Histories with the show, Julia. Uh, it was never a show I watched. It was on TV a lot, and I think I probably caught one here and there. Um, but it was just, it was never on my list of stuff to watch. So I never did. Tomas. Never got into it. Always so felt like an old person comedy that never really resonated with me. So it resonated with me as an Italian New Yorker. Watching the show is like watching my grandparents when my grandfather was still alive because they were Frank and Marie. So it always brings me joy watching Frank and Marie on the show because they were my mother's parents to a T. Grandma is still Marie Barone. Uh, My parents are not so much Ray and Deborah, but my grandparents were far and away Marie and Frank especially in the Italian families they always favor the boy youngest boy so grandma was always about the boys and uh, <laughs> yeah so 
this show. I like the show. I can relate to the show. And um, yeah, it's like watching my grandparents. My grandparents were a little more grateful than they two of them on this show. But in terms of their interactions with each other, totally my grandparents. I remember <laughs> grandparents' story time. I remember through <laughs> the time grandma used to play the scratch-offs all the time. But she would hide them from grandpa because it'd be a waste of money in his mind. <laughs> anyway, he found a bunch of them in her purse one day. And he didn't talk to her for at least a month. Like, we would go over. We went over. And he was like, do to get your mother? Like, he would say that to my mother. And she was like, yeah. So he goes to the corner and grabs a broomstick and starts banging the ceiling. And they're like, Dad, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm getting your mother. I'm still not speaking. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, they are them in real life. Yep. Oh, how funny. Wow. I guess nobody holds a grudge like an Italian. No. That is can confirm. <laughs> but, yeah, like I said, my parents are not Ray and Deborah. My dad's not that much of an idiot. And mom's not that mean. They don't fall into this, what is a trope in sitcoms of the naggy wife and the dumb husband. Uh-huh. I think we talked a little bit about that with Phil and Claire and Modern Family. It's definitely a sitcom trope. Um, me and Sarah are probably more Ray and Deborah than my parents are. <laughs> but... <laughs> so, yeah. Let's uh, just jump right in. Julia, do you want to introduce us to the first episode? Yeah, so season one, episode 12 was The Ball. That's their season one Christmas episode. And here's our synopsis. When Ray confronts Frank about a baseball signed by Mickey Mantle, Frank admits that it's a fake and that he signed it himself. Ray is very hurt and decides never to lie to his kids. His resolution is put to the test when Allie asks about Santa Claus. So what did y'all think about this one? I'm not getting on my soapbox, but I agree with the brief, the brief, decent Ray father figure here that was definitely fleeting. How many of these, show, how many of these, these episodes revolve around Ray lying or somebody <laughs> in the family lying? They're, this family has a serious problem with the truth. So now the towels come down off his soapbox. Julia, what do you think about this? So- Moral, the ending of this, where you're supposed to feel like good about it. It's like, Oh, it's okay that dad lied to me. Like, no, it's not. That was crap. I get that you feel like it's sweet, but it was crap. I found the ending sweet with him. No, it wasn't. It was, it's like, okay, yeah, it's cool that daddy lies and glad he does. No, that was crap. (laughs) Don't lie to your kids, parents. This one had a Linus moment that not a lot of them had, um, which made me like it more than some of the other ones. Um, But it, like, it took a, it was just kind of, it took forever to get to that Linus moment part is sort of what it felt like to me. But once we got to the Linus moment part and you hear Frank say, you know, I know you, I went to like three different games trying to get the Mickey Mantle signature and he wasn't there and he wasn't doing it. So finally I just signed it and stuck it in a box. And so there's some heart there because like he went to three games trying to get this thing for his son and his son was super excited about it. And that's why he did it. So that was sweet to me. Um, so there apologize. were some funny lines. So what? Don't lie. So then apologize. <laughs> Don't lie. Well, Frank doesn't isn't an apologizer though. That's not his character. But I mean, right, wrong, or otherwise. 
Um, I will say I laughed the hardest at this episode uh, at the very, very end when Ray is dressed up like Santa and he stubs his up. toe, leaving the room. <laughs> I mean, I was laughing really, really hard at that part. So that was worth the entire episode. The Linus moment in that part, I'm like, yep, yeah, that was solid. <laughs> I love a good physical comedy. And it's <laughs> to set the scene for our listeners who may not have seen it, it's not just I stubs his toe. He stubs his toe, hops on one foot out of the room, then trips in the hallway, knocks down a picture frame, and he just see him fall out of the shop. And it's yeah. hilarious. It's pretty quality. <laughs> um, I like this one. It is not my favorite one. But I did like, I liked the Linus moment to your point, Julia, the Frank mm-hmm. and Ray's heart to heart. And I know Tom's going to disagree with me, but I loved when Ray decides to preserve what he, in his mind, is preserving a bit of Allie's incense and dresses up as Santa to talk to her and visit her after uh, she got all confused when Frank and Robert came in earlier, both dressed as Santa, which is another scene I liked. I have some quotes on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So the one thing about this show, I, 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 I mean, like a lot of comedies, especially once I started in the nineties, it's not deep. It's just all comedy, right? There's mm. no like that, that, that's the plot. So the other thing I got out of this, we got our warning out of the way. So I feel okay saying this. Santa is a schmuck. <laughs> okay. Which Straight up schmuck. I go out and I buy gifts for my kid. I build them. And this Santa schmuck wants me just to let him have all the credit. What the hell, man? <laughs> Not cool. So me and Sarah actually have, before we have children, some Santa differences to resolve. We both want our children to believe in Santa, Mm -hmm. but she was always more the type. Well, a lot of kids are not like necessarily come from privileged families. So I don't want my kids and they got everything from Santa. Let them think they got the majority of the gifts from us and like one gift from Santa. Right. And I was always... I was brought up the other way. The majority came from Santa. My parents got one. Anyway, that's just. I'm with Sarah on this one. Well, I I know that's how Marty (laughs) found out there was there was no Santa because he got the ripoff sneakers and right at everybody else got the real ones. Get the real ones. That's right. Then your kids go to school and they see that other kids didn't get stuff as nice as them, and they suddenly get this smug sense of sense of entitlement. So how did you get that smug sense of entitlement since you stopped believing at three? Um, I think it was just inherent because of how good I am at everything I do. If that's what the Lord has cursed me with in this life, I will just pray and bear it. So one of my favorite running things on this show is how Robert is just jealous of Raymond and the two of them don't get along. So I love when Robert comes in (laughs) dressed as Santa to see Allie and Ray's like, come on, Robert. And Robert's like, no, no, you have me mistaken for some other party for I am jolly old Saint Nick. Ho, ho, ho. Mom told me what you did. Nice. <laughs> and, then and then Allie's like, Santa, and he's like, yes, it is really I, and I came to see you, Allie, because I heard you were a good girl this year, and you're going to get everything you want. And then he looks at Ray, and he's like, unlike some people. And Ray's like, okay, I want to talk to you for a minute, Santa. And Robert's like, I'm sorry. I'm with a client, and you may call me Mr. Claus. <laughs> I did like when his mom 
finds out what Ray was about to do. And, and she goes, my son, an atheist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. That made me laugh. (laughs) So we can cut this out because it's not relevant to any of the episodes, but there is a, running gag because robert doesn't get married till season seven he gets engaged and she you know italian mother wants him to get married wants grandkids right things like that so after he breaks up with amy for like the fifth time in season six and this was so my grandma she's like robert i want you to tell me the truth just admit you're homosexual and he's like mom <laughs> but like <laughs> Totally my grandma, because that is exactly <laughs> what she was like. <laughs> so I like when Frank comes in dressed as Santa, and him and Robert get into the fight, because they're both dressed as him, and Robert's like, I bet you can't even name the reindeer. And Frank's like, Rudolph, Donner, Blitzen. Uh, Ajax. Those are, those are the main ones. We rotate them so they wear evenly. Uh, Cupid, Ajax, and Lefty. And Robert's like, ah, now we know the truth. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> so I like... my notes. Right, my notes do not have the, the line of separation, so give me just a second. The end oh, of that quote's also funny. When... She pulls the beard down and she she says, it's you, it's Uncle Robert. And he goes, no, no, little one. I have only assumed the body of a life form that you would accept. Ray says, Robert, you're Santa, not a Klingon. (laughs) I was was recording last night. Klingons didn't do that, by the way. So come on. (laughs) I was recording last night with Jerry Davila about, um, for a totally rad Christmas, an episode about the Caroliers. Yeah. And a Christmas album I loved as a child. And we talked about how weird things get when Santa gets in, mixed with outer space stuff. And I feel like this was uh, pretty much right up that alley, too. That got weird when he was trying to uh, be an alien. So I, I do like when Ray realized he's upset about this lie he believed his whole life. And it's get him thinking about other things. And Deborah's like, like what? And Ray's like, remember that guy you went out with before me, Eric Butterpants? Eric Butterman Ray. Oh, so you do remember him. Yeah, what about him? You always said to me that you were glad that he broke up with you, otherwise you would have never met me. So if he had never broken up with you, would you have been gladder? And Deborah's like, you're really crazy, you know that? And Ray's like, no, 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 no. How do I know? How do I know that I'm the one you want to end up with? Here's a hint, Ray. Our three kids? And Ray's like, yeah, our three blonde kids. (laughs) (laughs) What would y'all, we already said I had a line this moment. Yes, it did. Can we just go oh. on and say this now? They were all Christmassy. They were all Christmassy, yes. Let's not discuss that with each episode. I think it's safe to assume they just all were, right? 100%. Well, do y'all give this one? I get a five. Four and a I'm half. Also, I'm also going a five, Julia. Tom's giving it a four uh, and a half. No, let's just keep it simple. I'll go with five, too. I was on the fence, anyway. So, that's a flat even five. This one just felt... Very mediocre compared you to the other. Mediocre I mean. fried. I do like fried mediocre. I'm from the south, right? Right. <laughs> Although from the south, you have it boiled also. That's just nasty. It's delicious. I love it's it. mush. It's not consistency, and it's there's, delightful. 
there's no there's no sustenance to what you're eating you're just butter and salt i mean like what else do you need butter salt okra do you put butter on butter rice? salt slime do i put butter on it no i do try, try butter on rice with like seasoning season salt it is life-changing i put it's butter really on good. noodles isn't that the same thing it is not no season two episode 12 all i want for christmas Grace Christmas morning plans to be romantic with Deborah, who is in the mood for a change, are derailed when the family drops by on Christmas morning. Oh, right off the bat, your parents live across the street. It's a holiday. Do you really not expect them to come by first thing Christmas morning? Right, like they unexpectedly dropped by. No, they were going to come by like they did every other Christmas episode. I do like Frank's obsession with the fact that Raven didn't have to wear pants. <laughs> why can't I? Why did I have to pop pants, Marie? It's the sweater <laughs> or the pants. <laughs> and that to me rings true. That's like a very old man thing, I feel. Uh, n- no, that's a very men of any age thing. That's, all, that's also true. That's also true. I am, a, I am not a fan of the pants. Nor am I. My, <laughs> before, I like pants personally. Before <laughs> Ellie was born, my mother-in-law would call before she'd come over to make sure I was wearing pants. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Get home from work, pants go off by the door. That's just how things work. Um, so I, I do like how <laughs> I would never feel comfortable doing what Ray did, which is telling his father, take the kids across the street for a <laughs> Because I'm about to get lucky. Right. But I loved how excited Frank was for him. Marie, let's go. He was. He really was. <laughs> that creeped me PFO, y'all. That was just not right. He, he gets so, like, that's the most excited you see him the entire, well, Run I say the, the show. show. I've only watched the Christmas episodes, but like, yeah, he doesn't have a pulse any other moment until this happens. So it was a little out of character, it felt like, but it made me. <laughs> and she's horrified that they would do that on a Christmas morning, you know. It's Christmas. <laughs> have you so, no self-control? So which, which, so there's this other gag in this episode where, Ray doesn't realize he has to get Robert a gift. Everyone's exchanging gifts this year. So Robert gets him this amazing model electronic plane. I just got you something small. And Ray hands him this like tiny package full of golf balls. <laughs> and uh, so he feels bad. He's like, Robert, why don't you keep the plane at your place? You know, keep it, keep it. <laughs> you know, I'll come over and use it when I want it. So when Frank and Marie and Robert and the kids leave and Deborah and Ray go upstairs and somehow Ray talks Deborah in, you know what? She's back in the mood, which I don't know what miracle he worked to let that happen. They're making out on the bed and you just hear this buzzing getting louder and louder. And then the electric plane comes crashing through the window (laughs) and uh, Robert climbs up the ladder and grabs it (laughs) Apologizes him. Also creepy, he knew what they were doing. <laughs> and then based on his like interest in gifts that she would like later in an episode just makes us all the creepier. <laughs> of all the Christmas episodes, this one feels 
not as Christmassy to me because some of it happens in his office break room and when he's getting that information and tips from his coworker. Also, on. that is straight up harassment. Like right. that is a major HR violation. Yeah, on how to find the mood. Um, mm -hmm. So, it, and it, I don't know, it doesn't feel super Christmassy to me. It's like an episode that happens at Christmas. Not a Christmas there episode. were two, so yes, that's true. But there are two Christmassy moments I liked. Tom alluded to one earlier. The Christmas Christmassy moment. Christmas the Christmas wreath. Deborah and Ray are making out. Right. Uh, uh, the family walks in. Ray's only in his boxers at the moment, so he wants to cover himself up. So he grabs the first thing he sees, which is a wreath, and puts it in front of his crotch. And of course, the wreath has this big hole. And yeah, Robert just looks, just looks at him and says, huh, at our house, we hang it on the door, <laughs> which, I found, which I found funny. Can you do that in a Robert voice? No, I cannot. Can you? At my house, uh, no, I'll think, try it. <clears throat> at, at my house, we just hang it on the door. No. Deep enough. I don't think I can go deep enough. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he has a really deep voice. He's also really tall, as yes. alluded to when my favorite quote of this episode, when Robert, Frank, and Marie are fighting over the tree. They're trying, they think Ray and Deborah did the tree all wrong, so they're messing up the lights and the ornaments, and <laughs> Robert accidentally snaps off <laughs> the top of the tree, and he's holding it in his hand, horrified, as Ray walks in the living room. And Ray looks at me, he's just like, you just hate anything bigger than you, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> that also seemed really out of character for Frank. Like, you think he takes any part in decorating a Christmas tree? It's uh, it's more so the, uh, you know, he's the father. He knows how to do everything better than his son. Yeah. 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 But yeah, uh, I really like that moment. Yeah. And the only other moment I liked is when Allie heard her parents referring to uh intercourse as an appointment right <laughs> and she asked them what's an appointment and ray says well honey an appointment is when two people decide to meet and deborah's like like going to the dentist and ray's like so sleeping with me is like going to the dentist and deborah's like well we both say the same thing sit back relax you won't feel a thing <laughs> they're the oddest couple i don't know nobody seems to actually like each other in any of these it does seem it was interesting watching it so again i don't I don't have any history with Everybody Loves Raymond. I thought it'd be warmer. I was expecting like um, Home Improvement. I was a huge Home Improvement fan, right? I thought it'd be a little warmer like Home Improvement was. Um, mm -hmm. It really wasn't though. The relationship isn't very, isn't very warm. Like she's pretty abrasive to him. And like y'all said, he's, he's kind of an idiot the whole time. You know, I think and, that's what happens when you in New York. There I don't no know. I just, I didn't. Warm, warm fuzzies from New Yorkers. I thought that I thought it'd be warmer. Maybe other episodes are. There um, are definitely there are actually off sweet episodes of Frank and Marie. Yeah. And uh, I, I missed that a bit. And then the uh, the the mom, um, while she's hilarious, the dynamic between her and her daughter-in-law just got kind of tired to me. That's a totally real-to-life Italian thing. I'm gonna stick right. up for that right now. We well, and maybe that's listen. just it, right? We have listener feedback on that too. A listener said, 
she reminds him of someone in her his family too. Like she's a very and I I totally get it. It's unless you experience it, you think it's over the top. But it is very true. She is probably out of the entire show the most true to life for me. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I think it's over the top. I could definitely see mother-in-laws being like that. I think my mother, my grandma was maybe like that to my mom in some respect, but I don't know. It just made me a little sad, I think. They, um, there's an episode after Robert and Amy come back from their honeymoon where they get relationship books for Ray and Deborah and Marie and Frank, because they're always fighting. And the four of them are just like, you're giving us relationship books. You've been married a month. (laughs) (laughs) But, and they make, they do make fun of, like there's an anniversary episode where there's a big anniversary for Frankie Marie and Ray and Deborah do this skit where they're basically impersonate them and what they're like. And like, it's very funny, but then Frankie Marie do it back to them. (laughs) They just can't handle it. They think they're being too (laughs) mean. (laughs) <laughs> like like Frank's like, ow, I stubbed my toe. Ow, Deborah, stop being so mean. <laughs> and Marie's like, oh, quiet, Ray. I'm too, and she's like, quiet, Ray. I'm too busy not knowing how to cook. So they do make fun of their dynamic. They're very aware on the show of what the yeah. dynamics are. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. But <laughs> yeah, I agree with you though, Julia. This one, not as Christmassy as the rest. Yeah. So I don't really have there were I don't think there's a Linus moment. No. no. So what would y'all give this one? Two. Two. I'll make it even. I'll go for two, two. Where? This is too much agreement, y'all. I'm getting weirded out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the next one, one of my favorites of the bunch, and this one is season three, episode 12, The Toaster. (laughs) Ray finally gets a gift he thinks everyone will love, an engraved toaster, which weird gift but okay <laughs> but when he discovers that frank and marie have returned it without even looking at it he turns despondent causing his parents to try to get the toaster back from the store with disastrous results <laughs> so I, like I love this one this one this show like is gets a lot of airtime on tbs and they have one of the quotes in like almost every promo spot for this show between Frank and Marie at the start. And um, we'll get to it when we get to quotes, but <laughs> I love this one. So Ray gets this weird, he's, Ray's weird, though I would also say typical Italian son, at least old school Italian son, in that he's always wants to get his mother the best gift. He's always trying to please his mother, more so than his wife, which is a plot of mm. another episode. Mm. but. He gets this engraved toaster to mom and dad, Merry Christmas, love Ray, Deborah, and then the kids. Ray and Marie and Frank think it's just a toaster, which they have. So without even opening it, they return it to the store. <laughs> and when they find out it's engraved, they decide to go back to the go to the store and try to get it back. And 
I mean, I mean, so I think it is sweet that they care enough about Ray's feelings to go and get it back, which. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it was caring about his feelings so much as being, because <laughs> they don't seem like, their motivations don't seem that altruistic to me. It feels more like, oh crap, Ray's going to whine about this. We better go get it. The bomb seems like, I mean, especially by the end, you, she wants it back because it was a sweet thought from her son. But I mean, Frank's no, he, <laughs> he was just trying so, to get two for one at the end. It's also really a weird gift, right? <laughs> it is a weird gift. Well, uh, well, well, okay. So that's one of the quotes, which I love. And it's uh, when Ray's telling them about what an awesome gift it is. He's like, that wasn't just a toaster, ma. It said, Merry Christmas. We love you. Michael, Jeffrey, Allie, Deborah, and Ray. And Frank just stares at him. He's like, it spoke? <laughs> <laughs> but I love that the store, they are totally like, Marie, thanks to being honest and straightforward, the store will care about what happened and sympathize. And Frank just puts on this whole, hello, God bless you, type <laughs> Back with the customer service may, people. May our Lord and Savior bestow. <laughs> she goes, I'm Jewish. <laughs> oh, then you must be really annoyed this time of year. Right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but they get into this argument at the store, and I love this exchange. And Marie says to him, like, I have my own opinions. I'm not just some kind of a trophy wife. And Frank's like, you're a trophy wife? What contest in hell did I win? <laughs> this one was quick and snappy, which I really appreciate. You know, and it felt Christmassy. It did. Feel That's Christmas-y. one thing I don't think we've talked about yet is just how beautifully Christmassy the Barone house is, mm-hmm. and those Christmas trees they have, y'all. Those they look a lot like a uh, Scotch pines or Fraser firs. They are mm-hmm. off the. Mm-hmm. Well, what I like is it's not too neat. You can tell it's a house, a family, three kids. It's messy. Yeah. It's not perfect. And that's what makes it real to me. Right. It does feel like a family house. Right. But I mean, just even the way the trees decorate, it's not like this perfect, beautifully lit. Yeah, yeah. it's haphazard and it's kind of messy. And you can tell that, you, yeah, you get the sense that the kids helped do it. Yep. Yeah, it does. It feels like a lived-in Christmas house, which is nice. Yep. Um, but yeah, to your point, this one felt quick and snappy. I always find the Marie and Frank-centric episodes the best, but they are, in my opinion, the two best characters on the show. Yeah. I mean, they're the two best actors on the show. They're the ones yep. who have been in comedy for decades. I like. I want to throw in there, I put Deborah on the same level as them. I really do. Patricia Heaton brings the heat. <laughs> she does. <to> me. <laughs> but I think uh, as far as... as Ray and Robert, they're the weak links here. Their jokes uh, land the I least love with Robert. me. Their jokes just land the least with me. Roberts are just, it's the same thing every time. I'm so jealous of Raymond. <laughs> my parents love Raymond more than they love me. Well, that leads me to one of my other favorite quotes this episode. <laughs> Ray's talking about the toaster. He's like, what do you know about him? Mom and dad didn't return your gift. You don't know what it's like. And Robert's like, oh, I'm sorry. You haven't read my book. You're in the way. The Robert Barone story. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, so at the end, 
it's funny because Ray, Deborah, and Robert are all watching TV at the house, and they get a call, and Deborah's just like, "Ray, you have to go down to the store. Apparently, your parents got some kind of confrontation." <laughs> Which we see the beginnings of before that scene. You see this old lady who has to be the dumbest old lady. Oh yeah, she's clueless. <laughs> she has she had got the engraved toaster. She's like, I think my kids got the wrong names engraved. Like really, lady, five yeah. wrong names, five wrong names. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, they try to steal it back from her, and then it comes to the end. And he but, says uh, they do care. They do care, which I liked. I thought that was a nice little sweet little yeah, funny moment at the end. Sweet. But <laughs> there was this other one random quote in the episode I really liked. I don't know. I see talk about the toaster or the microwave or something. Frank's like, what if I wanted to have more kids? And Ray's like, if God hasn't stopped you, the government will. I love the recurring theme throughout this of them not appreciating or liking gifts that they get. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the, and that comes back again. I mean, it's the very first episode. It gets them a fruit of the month for their anniversary. And they freak out. What am I going to do with all these pears? Raymond, you have to take it back for mom. It's a subscription. It's going to come. How long? A year? A year? I'm going to get pears for a year? Mom, it's a different fruit every month. Oh my God. What am I supposed to do with all this fruit? (laughs) (laughs) That's the first episode. Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh, funny. and they so talk they... about the fruit of the month later. <laughs> yeah, they're still old. sending her mailings with pictures of apricots. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Okay, that's funnier, knowing that there was history there. Um, did this one have a line this moment? No. Well. I mean, I don't think so. Well, I think... if we're going with the idea that Marie was really that concerned about getting the gift back from Raymond, her heart changed. It was, just a, it was just a toaster she didn't want. But then she's like, oh, he put thought into this. It's weird, though. I don't want a toaster on my, in my kitchen with somebody's names engraved on it. That is a really weird <laughs> gift. <laughs> wait, really wait. I'm going to throw this out there. We need to do a giveaway for a Tis the Podcast toaster. Where we get a toaster engraved with a message from us and send it to a random Keeping user. the spirit of Christmas alive 365, 365 days a year with <laughs> cheerful love, Julia Tom, Julia and Tom and Anthony. That would be that would be amazing. We're not in agreement. I think there's a Linus moment. Julia doesn't. Tom I can I can fall in line with yeah. Linus moment. I do. Okay, so what would you rank it? I give it a seven. Seven. What? I was that at the same time on your end or just mine, Julia? No, it wasn't on this at the same time, but I was surprised we had the same number. It was. I said, Julia. I think Anthony's going to break with us here, and I'm looking at his face, and Anthony's going with an eight. Correct. He did do that. Good call. Which is an average of seven point three three. So, Julia, how about you tell us about the next one? So season four, episode 11 is the Christmas picture. When Deborah suggests spending Christmas Eve with her parents, Marie acts disappointed and Ray does not support her. 
To avenge this, she invites her parents to the family picture. Ray decides to get Marie for a Christmas gift without informing everyone in advance, threatening to ruin the day for her mother-in-law. I thought that was a really crappy thing for Deborah to do. Personally. If it's a, unless it's an advance, it is a gift for his mother. I think the problem though is, his mother's a okay. big baby. Our families don't, my families don't listen to this, so I'm safe to say this. Please don't ever tell anybody that I said this. Although your mom did listen, she's active in the group. We're, fa- we're safe here. My mother-in-law does stuff like that, like Marie. Like, she'd be like, I don't know why y'all are going to Houston this year. I don't know why you're going for Christmas. It'd be just better. And then she'll come up with reasons like, oh, it'd just be better if Ellie could wake up at Christmas at her own house. Because like every year we go Christmas versus Thanksgiving at like one of the other houses. And there's like, there's like this, this guilt that lies in. So I understand spitefully doing something to make a point. And she goes, <laughs> she doesn't go with the New York brash approach. She takes a much more Midwestern passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. Not doing anything wrong. It's our family photo. Yeah. And also, you know, it would be, I was thinking about this while I was watching it. It would be nice for like, Ellie to have a picture of all of her family. Like, this would be a great well, gift for their kids. Oh, I don't think it wouldn't be. I think, like, I love that idea. Like, one of my favorite pictures we have is when me and Sarah got married. But one of the professional photos, my parents and sister, her parents, and it's a big Oh, that's birth. cool. And um, so I, I would have loved a gift like that. But yeah, like. But just seeing Marie sitting there when they're all doing <laughs> stuff, holding her purse in her lap, I'm like. Doing the, doing the fake guilt trip. Doing, yeah, just, doing the, everyone else take the picture, Raymond. I don't feel so well. Yeah, looking like she's waiting on a bus to pick her up. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she does. She does. <laughs> and of course, while Ray's trying to get her in the picture, everyone then starts getting distracted with other things. Robert mm-hmm. has his police uniform, and Ray and Maria are both like, "You're gonna change, right?" And, and Robert's like, "Oh, how come Deborah's parents can be in the picture, but Amy, can- <laughs> Amy can't?" <laughs> Also, what's the storyline here? Because he and Amy are together, then uh-huh. they're not, but then they're together with her weird brother later. Yes. Chris Elliott? That is Chris Elliott later on. Yep, that's her One brother. of the most annoying men in Hollywood. I must have missed that part. Uh, it kept playing for me. Oh. And I saw him. For the like, next nope, episode, nope, he was nope. back. Uh, it. Her parents, though, are hilarious because they are the complete opposite of Frank and Marie, they are. They are. No, so Amy's Mona? parents, who we didn't see. Oh. Uh, I'm just talking Amy's parents, because you mentioned her brother. Is they that Fred are Willard? Fred Willard and um, Georgina, Georgie, Georgina from Mary Tyler Moore, or whatever show that was. Huh. So Fred Willard's the dad, that's pretty much says it all, right? And, yeah. and uh, but they're super religious, like they do Jesus puzzles and pray to the Lord and everything, so they meet Frank and Marie. Like, Robert goes to ask them for Amy's hand in marriage, and they're like, no. <laughs> so because he he's not back, religious enough? Just because they don't, they broke up so many times, they don't really like his family. Oh, oh. my gosh. So he drives back, and Deborah's like, it's up to you. It's your life. You do what you want. Amy's a big yeah. girl. So he proposes, and she's over the moon. She accepts, and she's like, Robert, can you do me a favor? I know it would be so much to my dad if you go ask him for my hand in marriage. 
<laughs> so of course he drives all the way back to Pennsylvania with Ray to try to get him to vouch for it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because nothing's more nothing's gonna sell you more than Ray Barone. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. But yes, we should mention big guest star in this episode, Catherine Hillman as yes. Ray's mother. Mona. Who I always loved who's the boss. That I love that show. Mm-hmm. Mona was not the boss though. Uh, I would make an argument she could have been fun. Abed thoroughly shot down any hope of anybody being the boss except Angela. (laughs) You've got to get Community on the calendar, y'all. I want Julia to watch Community. Those Christmas episodes. It's been on. It's been off the air for how many years now? I and I just finally gave it a chance. And so, I so I actually will be curious what you think, Julia, because there are really good episodes. But overall, I'm not the biggest fan of that show. I yeah. love the good episodes stuff. are amazing. Good episodes, episodes are, amazing, are amazing. But overall, I did not like that show or Chevy Chase in it. Chevy Chase was the was the definite. Chevy Chase was the the weakest link on there, but the original stars like the two Jeff and Britta were not, didn't do it. They had to, I mean, you could tell by the end of the show that they weren't the ones that they were focused on anymore. <laughs> but we'll get into that on another episode. So, so so Frank in this episode totally reminds me of my grandfather when he calls Ray out about professional photography. And he says, professional photography, one of the all-time greatest rackets. All right, Dad, grab a camera, find some chumps, make him smile and say, rip off! <laughs> Well, I think he's validated now, right? You go to those places and it's just a, it's just an automatic camera. There's no photographer involved anymore. Yep. So point one to Frank Boyle. Or, That's uh, right. Peter Boyle. Into the future. Called it. <laughs> I do so like it was the- something my dad would say, though, by the way. It's a total Frank in him. I, it's a dad thing. I think it's a total yeah. dad thing. Yeah. So this is one of the few episodes where we actually see even the ch- even the kids are just not there in this episode. I mean, like we see them yeah. more than other episodes, but the whole family's <laughs> around for the photo, and the kids are just off in some weird dude's van or something out in the parking lot. I don't know where are they. <laughs> so, so, so I love how Ray eventually just has to wheel Marie into the picture <laughs> because she yeah. just won't move. She won't get up. And then he just goes off on the entire family because he just snaps and his mother-in-law asks if she can change her scarf because she just noticed the background was blue. Her pashmina. Her pashmina, dude. It wasn't a scarf. Apologies. And You, were uh, bo- you weren't nearly as bougie as she was, Anthony. I'm not. So uh, he goes off in a rant not my favorite rant of the show, but they go into, they take a picture. And um, I love then that to get them to smile, Robert starts mocking Ray, like, oh, just get in the picture, take the picture. Oh, and everyone's laughing, laughing, because Ray was angry. (laughs) And he just finally, because earlier in the episode, Robert said he got them a hammock, his parents a hammock. So, so they're all laughing at his expense, and he's like, "Hey, Ma, Robert got you a hammock." And then the picture snaps, and Robert looks horrified because <laughs> Rachel blew the gift. And I thought that was a funny note to yeah. end it on. Well, that was funny. No Linus moment at all. No Linus moment. A, a Linus moment would have been if she had come around to wanting the family 
in the picture. Right. But she, she had no. Not. She was not happy in the picture. No. <laughs> no. It looks like it does look like one of those old tiny pictures where you gather around the matriarch, and she kind of reminded me of the mom and the ref in this one. Just saying. Yeah. The mom and what? The ref. The. I can see that. <laughs> I, I do like this one, though. This one was funny. It didn't have the line this moment, and it wasn't as Christmassy, so it's going to lose points for me on that. Right. Definitely not as Christmassy. Because the whole episode's in this shop, the Photoshop, which isn't... Like, you would have thought when people get Christmas pictures done, they have the fake Christmas tree background or something. They didn't even... Mm-hmm. No, it's just blue. Four. You get, you're giving it a four? Mm-hmm. Three. I'll go with Tom. Four. 3.67, which is our lowest so far. Well, no, actually, no, no it's not. I did like this better. All I want for Christmas was our lowest. It's a two. Oh, okay. And I did like that one better. Okay, so I'm good with it. But I mentioned Ray has a rant in this episode. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of you, Anthony. <laughs> it is, I'm not even going to read his rant. I wanted to read real quick. <laughs> so there is an episode where they go to school for the twins and they're in kindergarten. It was story time. They all wrote their own stories. So they all go, all the families are there and the twin gets up and he's reading the angry family. The mommy was mad at the daddy. The daddy was mad at the mommy. The grandmother was mad at everyone <laughs> so, so uh the teacher obviously talks to ray and deborah and deborah just snaps and she's like eileen you have no idea what i have to put up with when i got married i didn't just get a husband i got an entire freak show that put up their tent right across the street and that would be fine if they stayed there but every day every day they drop a truckload of their insane family dreck into my lap how do you like to sit through two people in their 60s fighting over who invented the lawn? The lawn! And the brother, I live in an apartment, I don't even have a lawn, Raymond has a lawn. But you can't blame him when you see who the mother is. She has this sick hold on both of them. And the father is as disgusting a creature as God has ever dropped on this planet. So no wonder the kid writes stories. I should be writing stories. My life is a gothic novel. And until you lived in that house with all them in there with you day after day, week after week, year after freaking year, you are in no position to judge me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what does Ray do? <laughs> Just sitting there petrified and then it cuts, it cuts to the next scene and the whole family's in counseling with their local parish priest because <laughs> this is a catholic school they go to yes yep i learned that when i when uh, one of the episodes went on while i was cooking and uh ali was a bully yes Allie it's like the one time i saw ray engage with his daughter <laughs> All right. <laughs> Season five, episode 11. Ray buys Deborah an elaborate Christmas gift in the hopes that she will be so impressed she'll let him go away on a golf trip weekend. It backfires when Deborah gets him an even better gift and willingly allows him to go on the golf trip. Ray thinks she has some ulterior motive, ends up going overboard when he confronts her and blowing everything. Uh, so I'm going to start with a rant. This okay. whole, like, I have to buy permission to do something crap in a marriage. 
what the actual heck. Do either of you have to quote unquote get permission to do things like this? That is weird, right? Yeah. It is, is weird. It shows their serious lack of respect for one, well, one-sided lack of respect in this relationship. Yeah. It's kind of that warmth I was missing, right? Right? I see it in this one big time. Yeah. Well, Deborah had a lot of warmth in this one. And what I don't like about the cynicism that this show brings, I was waiting to see what her ulterior motive was. Exactly. Right. Right. Like her warmth, I didn't even believe it. I was like, I she does have something up her sleeve. Yep. So, so Which makes me sad. <laughs> even up until the end, I thought her indignation was going to be this 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 overblown, you know, fake sh sh charade that she put on. And at the yeah. end, we were going to see her come out with her ulterior motive. But at the yes. end of the day, she's just a decent person. So I find it odd Ray got Hurry's big gift for her was pots and pans. Yes, the show has established on multiple occasions. She's not the best cook. She doesn't enjoy cooking. Coming along. <laughs> she, she, she opens yes. the pots and pans. And she's excited and she's like, oh, I can't wait to break these in. And Marie's just like, <laughs> she just bursts out laughing next to her. And she's like, I better help you, dear. <laughs> I will say, if I bought my wife something like pots and pans, I would be in the doghouse. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I would too. I so that's jokingly funny. said for her birthday, we got the shark uh uh like floor cleaner vacuum mop yeah. vac mop yeah and uh, i jokingly said oh that's your birthday present and i was about to be in big trouble and i'm like man you obviously have not read 40s ads that say women love vacuums for christmas <laughs> she's got some sort of uh hang up on anything that's like home like house i don't say housekeeping what's wrong like homemaker gift yeah. for christmas is not appropriate except the one time she really wanted a KitchenAid. So that's hilarious that you said, I do not have this hang up. So I am the opposite of a father of the bride where he gives her, right, a blender. And she's like, what kind of woman does Brian think I am that he gets me a blender? What does he expect me to be? Apron, wife, barefoot in the kitchen, making him meals all the time. So I'm the opposite from this. I really love getting stuff like that for Christmas. But Marty got me a KitchenAid mixer for Christmas our first year we were married. And he was horrified that I would be offended by it. And I was <laughs> like, this is the coolest thing I've ever gotten in my entire life. <laughs> but it's funny. That's funny you say that. Because, I'm yeah, just... she, I don't, I wouldn't expect she would want pots and pans. And especially not to be as excited about them as she is after getting a crock pot. I like that. <laughs> It dates the show a bit because she gets him a DVD player. And I loved Did Marie's. you hear the ooze in the live studio audience when he opens <laughs> it up? I even wrote that down as a note. People were like, oh, Ooh. a DVD player. So this, this was year 2000. So this was really when they were taking off. Yeah. So I did love though that Marie had no idea what a DVD player was. She's like, what is a DVD player? Is it for pornography? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Deborah's yes, like, Marie, yes Marie. I got him a porn machine for Christmas. <laughs> I don't like that, Deborah. I don't like that, Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> she remembered this like something to do with pornography in front of all the family. And where were the kids during this too? Right, not a part of Christmas. Do you I mean, open she, gifts for your kids or, or something? I right, know. I thought the 
I remember as a kid opening the gifts and then playing with all my toys under the tree, like incorporating right. right the tree into my playtime. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You don't. You, your family wants to see you playing with those gifts. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I I I didn't really like this one. It just kind of makes you feel icky. I don't know. I did. I, I feel dirty. Yeah. I didn't want Ray to get to go. No, I didn't either. Although I did have a, one of the lines that kind of made me laugh is when Frank is cluing in Ray that, you know, men are not the only ones that, you know, do stuff to try and get other things, right? When he says, I got me a black magic woman. <laughs> a little comment. <laughs> a little bit. But... Yeah, and then Ray, so Ray calls her out and basically says the whole reason she's doing this is because she wants to play the martyr, and that's why she doesn't let him help, because she wants to play the martyr. And if my husband said that to me, I, I'd have to bang on the ceiling with a broom handle for a month because I would be, he'd be in the doghouse. <laughs> so. and, and to your point, Tom, I don't think it's right. He has to ask permission to go golfing, but I do think when you have the three kids... It's nice to give her some notice so she can plan around. It's not that, it's not like discussing it as the problem. It's the needing to butter somebody up to go. Right. No, I get, what you, I'm, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying, I think there's a respect there. You have to talk to her about it before booking it first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't really have quotes for this one or anything. Do either of y'all? Nope. I just didn't enjoy this one. I will say it looked very Christmassy. And I appreciate that even Frank wore the Christmas the Santa hat. Yep, it um, did look very so Christmassy. I'm giving this one a two. So am I. So am I. Ooh, so this is tied for the lowest with all I want for Christmas. Uh, so the next one, seasons greetings, a season six episode twelve. When Marie writes a Christmas letter that shows Deborah in a bad light. Deborah blows her top and demands that Marie not send it. But her mother-in-law insists she has to send it because of the letter she received from her sister. Agreeing her sister needs to be taken down a peg, Deborah joins Marie in writing the holiday letter together. But when Ray, Robert, and Frank read the letter they come up with, they have their own objections. Okay. This one was freaking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) This one had me laughing. So let me tell you, we have this... You know, at the end where there's okay, I'm gonna paint. I'm gonna I'm gonna open the window into the horrible family that I'm a part of here. Uh, you know the scene where they are sitting around and reading that letter at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, mocking, mo- mocking the Christmas cards. Yep, who doesn't do that? Right. Well, first of That's all, there was part. for years there was this random family that we didn't know that was sending Christmas cards to somebody who used to live here. And they always included a Christmas letter, so we read it. And after like four years, we actually started wondering, like, oh, what's going on with their kids now? So that was weird. <laughs> but my mother-in-law has this lady that she, uh, I don't know if she went to college with her, how she knows her, but um, she sends Christmas letters every year. And they're super depressing. It's like, well, Billy got gout again. He had to, he was, you know, laid up for a few <laughs> weeks. We went, we, one morning back in September, I went out and we found poor Fido dead on the couch. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! And it's like uh, you're just reading through it. And you're like, oh my gosh, these people! Like, <laughs> this is the stuff that they put in their letter. How bad must the rest of the year be? <laughs> so, I'm gonna tag on and tell a Christmas letter story. I knew this guy in high school. I won't mention any names. 
uh, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I don't mind about telling the story. We were never really friends. Uh, I don't know how he got my address, but he lives in California now, and every year I get a Christmas letter from him and his new wife. But like, I'm, I want to say that I want to I want to write back and be like. Take me off your mailing list. I wasn't friends with you in high school. I don't care about your life now. Oh, just, so mean though. I know. So I just accept it. But I never send him a card back or write a letter back. So I just get letters every year. <laughs> and he's like a uh, drama school teacher. So he's like, this year I put on a performance of Macbeth with my children, with my kids. And I'm like, ugh, who cares? So every year we get that and me and Sarah so sit around. Every, every year me and Sarah get that letter and we sit around <laughs> read it out loud on the couch and just <laughs> <laughs> exactly what they were doing at the end of this episode. Oh, that was my favorite part <laughs> of the episode was the end. Because yeah, I, I mean, we've I think we've all we've all done that, right? I'm not a huge fan of the Christmas letter year in review letters. I think they're. I mean, funny. I think nowadays they're obsolete, right? They With are social media and stuff. I can understand right. like ten years ago, even fifteen years ago, whatever. But right, I, still I love like getting them. pictures of people's family, but I don't need like I don't. Need I you still to have y'all family picture on my fridge, Julia and Tom. Your picture. Oh, still in the Aww. fridge. It's so nice. I just I, I put uh, them in a box, our Christmas box every year, and we pull them out. Look at them next year. We use yeah, our I see, I have a Christmas whole box cards, not with the pictures, although that'd be kind of cool to do. We use all of our old Christmas cards as labels, so we yeah, cut the front off idea. of the pretty pretty cards and write the late and use them as labels for the next year. Um, yeah. We have a couple of we we like getting some Christmas cards. I with pictures it's weird to get christmas cards of pictures that i've never met like christina has a, like a couple of cousins that i've just never met because her family's not close mm-hmm. and it's like huh well rando strange people i don't know on my wall this is uh, interesting it's funny how christmas cards at least for me and sarah spiral out of control because it's like if i send it to this person we have to send it to that family member too and right. that, it just tumbles out of control that way so right. I know we definitely send them to some people who probably would not give two craps if they got one or not. But just for to say it went out, I didn't favor this one person over you. You know what I mean? They're the yep. ones sitting and looking at their fridge going, this and, is and random person it. on our yep, fridge. Exactly. <laughs> um, so funny. So I love in this episode how Frank, Ray, and Robert all end up ripping their sections of the letter out right and frank has a page ray has a page and robert <laughs> just literally tears clearly two lines of the he does that part was that was funny. that made me sad y'all that, that made me so bad for him i liked in this one the that marie marie is that right yeah marie. okay yep. That Marie and Deborah bonded a little bit over their mutual hatred and irritating, you know, the irritating qualities of people that really make themselves sound amazing in these cards and stuff. Yeah. That was nice. <laughs> and I like uh, when Robert came in with his own pay- his own write-up, I've taken the liberty of doing my own biography and Ray's like, you're such a nerd. <laughs> and he I, would was- like it, I would like it input verbatim. <laughs> I like it in verbatim. Officer Bobby Barone got promoted to sergeant. 
Yeah, I really liked this one. This one felt very Christmassy to me, and I liked mm-hmm. the family dynamics of this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, even though I still don't think it had a Linus moment. No, it didn't have a Linus moment in it. What would y'all give this one? Seven. I'm going to go with an eight. I am also going to go with an eight, which gives us 7.67, which is our highest so far. Okay, last two episodes. Julia, do you want to give us the synopsis for this one? Season 7, episode 11, The Thought That Counts. When Ray put a lot of thought into his mom's birthday gift, Deborah asks for a thoughtful gift too. When Ray can't figure out what to get, Robert gives him the perfect idea, a first edition of To Kill a Mockingbird, the book on which she did her thesis. Deborah is thrilled with Ray's thoughtfulness, causing Robert to get jealous that his brother didn't give him his due credit. So right off the bat, one, that would be an amazing gift, a first edition of To Kill a Mockingbird, or anything I did my thesis on. That would be awesome, a first edition yeah. of anything like that. Second, Do you have any first editions? No. Not as far as I know. Yeah, I this you may come like as a surprise to you, but I do collect first editions. Of course you it's do. It's like the least surprising The least thing surprising ever. thing you've ever revealed on You this sit around show. reading your first editions, drinking your espresso. <laughs> no, you can't, you can't open the first editions. I'm afraid something will happen. You can't touch them. You have to wear gloves. There's this amazing shop in the city where it's just all first edition books. And I've had my eye for a while on Alice in Wonderland, but it's like thousands of dollars. That would have, that place. I I've been there. It's super super expensive. It looks like you're going to a museum. Wow. It's I love going in there though. The window outside is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like it's a yeah. Shop. We're talking about the same place, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Hey, look at us talking New York City. <laughs> That was on a, that was on the list of things uh, one of my coworkers told me I had to go to because she knows I like books and uh, it was nice. It was oh, nice. speaking of books, I want to say for our listeners because I brought up the series a million times, the Dresden Files, which I know both of y'all would like mm-hmm. about the Wizard in Chicago. The newest book came out today, and I got it in the mail today. I'm so excited. It's been so long since the last one. I'm super excited to read it. Ooh, you'll read that in well, like a day. In a day. Yeah. In a day. But like, you get the first edition of that one. Exactly. And the next one comes out in September. Ooh. I guess you wrote it too long, so I split it into two books. But That's a nice problem to have, though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Anyone second... else think it was super creepy that Robert. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what is I was there, is, say, that an, like... un, is that a current, an underlying current? He, he's all, he's, he's always... got a thing for Deborah. He's always been like friendly with her. Like they've always yeah. got along really well, especially because she is always racking on Ray too, like he is. Right. So, uh, <laughs> but they, um, no, they, that's what I was going to say. This one was super weird to me because even though he's always been jealous of just Ray's life in general, like the wife, the kids, like he, they've never implied he had a romantic thing for Deborah. Like he, they kind of did in this episode. It felt very yeah. much like he was in love with Deborah. He yeah. knew all the things. I mean, it was like straight out of a Hallmark movie. Amy was straight up uncomfortable with it too. Yes, she was. <laughs> yes, Rightfully she was. so. Yes. Weird. Yeah, this one made me uncomfortable. Like, so I this really one don't I know almost why called out. Let Ray have it. I almost called out that this was not a Christmas episode because I started it and it was it was the birthday. mom's birthday it was and her, I'm was, like, yeah. guys, I don't think this is a 
Christmas. And then I got to it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it is Christmas. <laughs> you were more patient than I was. I went through and um, just I just started ahead. clipping ahead to make sure there was something Christmassy in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was like a really mean move. Like you gave Ray the advice. You knew yeah. it would mean a be a thoughtful gift she would really appreciate. What were you how are you expecting her to react? And then you blow it and ruin not only his day, but her day, because she knows her husband didn't pick it out to begin with. Right. And your wife's day, because why do you love this other man's wife? Right. And you got your wife tickets to the ice capades, which Well, nothing wrong with that, y'all. They were wrong because they were got it for their mother or they were going to get it for their mother or something. The mom true. suggested. The mom suggested it, yes. That's what made it wrong. Yes, because that was it. Because Ray <laughs> said when he went to them for advice, oh, mom suggested the, or whatever. Right. Yeah, I, yep. A bit of but, a hot mess there. They, these guys do are pretty attached to their mamas. Yeah. It's a very Italian thing, and it's a very Jewish thing. Yeah. We talked about that last week. Same we corporation, different divisions. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, I did, though, like when Robert kind of snapped and told Deborah, and he was like, uh, <laughs> he was arguing with Ray, oh, you never heard of To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes, I did. You did not. You never read the book. You never saw the movie. I bet you didn't even know there was a movie about it. Who was the star of the movie, Raymond? And Ray was like, what, what does that got? Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. He played Hattie against Finch. Gregory Peck. <laughs> <laughs> and he is really pathetic. Yeah, not knowing what to get. He's terrible his wife in general. Like, they're... they're <laughs> There was I would never have to go to my brother to ask him what to get my wife. That's just yeah. weird. Or my brother's yeah. wife. Yeah, if my brother knows more about... Yeah. No, that's bad. That's bad. Um, yeah, well, there was that line where he's like, Raymond, have you ever even met your wife? Do you know anything about her? And Ray's like, I know she gets chilly. Because <laughs> of pajamas, right? Oh, because of the space <laughs> heater. He wanted to get her you a space, the space heater. Oh my gosh. Is that not a good gift to get your wife? <laughs> Depends on the wife. I don't know. I know you say they're the weaklings, but I actually really like Ray and Robert's relationship. I just find Robert very funny. He just doesn't do it for me, y'all. I like Robert a lot more than I like Ray. Ray doesn't do it. Ray, Ray, but I find, so I find that on a lot of shows, like Raymond is my least favorite on Everybody Loves Raymond. I like everyone over Ray. Mm -hmm. uh, Seinfeld, I don't like Jerry. The supporting characters are better. Kramer and George are who you think of when you think that show. Elaine, no one says Jerry's my favorite character. But yeah, no, I always liked Robert's thing. Like, there's an episode, there's a blackout. So, of course, they don't TV. Mm -hmm. So, they all play a game of scruples. Have you played scruples? Yes. I don't have any that's scruples. Where, that's how you ask somebody you're playing with a hypothetical question and they're supposed to answer it. Like, for example, uh, if it gets rainy and you don't have an umbrella, would you steal the umbrella by the door to go out? Like if you're at a restaurant, or would you steal someone else's umbrella so you don't get wet in the rain? No. And you're supposed to answer honestly. And then if somebody thinks you're lying, you challenge and you have 30 seconds to make your case why they're lying. And then everyone else gets to vote whether you made a compelling enough argument. Huh. 
it's a fun okay. game if you're playing with people like you know. And right. I think it would be a fun game for the three of us to play, honestly, Patreon. But, yeah. but um, <laughs> but no, I, I bring that up because Robert asked Ray that question. He said, "No, of course not." And he's like, "I wish to challenge." Third grade. It was raining. There's a pair of boots by the door, Raymond. A pair of boots that only fit me. And I get up and they're gone. And like, I just love how he holds his gr- this gr- really grudges. His whole life. His whole life. His whole family holds grudges. Yeah. That's an Italian slash New York thing. Just let it go, y'all. Let it go. Let um, something go. What was that? I dropped, I knocked something over. Sorry. <laughs> Did this one have a Linus moment though? I don't, I don't feel like so. Ray changed. Oh, there was a there was one quote I did really find funny, and it's just Deborah's reaction. It's after they get in a fight, and Deborah's and Deborah tells him, "Don't ever give me a gift again," because it shows how little you care. And she storms off. She's like, "Merry Christmas, Ray!" And he's like, "Oh come on, now you're becoming my mother." And she just whips around. She's like, "What?" <laughs> and you just see Ray back up, like really scared. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he backs up onto the counter and like knocks the mugs off. He looks really scared. That's not something you tell a woman. That's becoming no. either of your mothers. No. Especially uh-huh. when your mother is Doris Roberts on this show. Exactly. <laughs> um, so what would you give this one, y'all? Um, four on this one for me. I'm going to go with three. I'm going to go 3.5. Which gives us an average of 3.5. Okay, last one. Tom, you want to talk about this one? Give us a synopsis of this last one. You know, one. I would love to. Season 8, episode 10, Jazz Records. 30 years ago, the furnace melted Frank's favorite jazz records on Christmas, and Frank has never forgiven Ray for it. Ray attempts to make it up to him by buying CDs of the same records, which Frank does not appreciate, much to the anger and confusion of his son. And we have a repeating theme here, a a motif within the show, and that's that Frank and Marie don't like their gifts. No, they don't. They don't like technology. They don't like new stuff. They don't like their gifts from Ray because he tends to get them stuff like that. So I'm going to say I can see nice gifts. Frank's coming from this episode because their CDs can't compare to like that sound old records make. Nothing compares. So I can understand that. Yeah, I wouldn't expect Frank to like a CD player with records. And again totally jerk move by Robert who knew Ray was getting him these CDs and he tracks down the records to give him yep. to one-up him that's what they do for there's an Both episode of these brothers are just terrible people there was an episode <laughs> with Frank's birthday and Ray thought they didn't have to get each other gifts they didn't exchange gifts but Robert got him a remote boat do you remember remote boats no oh, it's a remote boat it's like a little wooden structure. You put your TV guide and remote in and you carry it around from seat to seat. So it's like a little, so it was oh like, gosh. so Frank was over the moon by this gift because he's obsessed with TV and sports. So you know, it was the best thing ever that Robert got him this remote boat and Ray tried to one up him with an aquarium and Frank, <laughs> Frank is just like in love with this remote boat, which Ray ends up hiding. There was a funny bit of physical comedy in this one twice which I appreciate, appreciated. First is when Ray goes into their house when they're not home to set up the stereo and have mm-hmm. CDs playing. 
and he's blast, he accidentally blasts the music, and Frank and Marie come in, and <laughs> they're panicked by this like cacophony of noise and drop all their shopping. Uh-huh. <laughs> he nearly gives them a heart attack. And then a few sec- a few minutes later, Robert and Amy walk in, and he slips all over the eggs and the milk and <laughs> falls down. Mm. Which he's a good physical actor. Yes. Uh, surprisingly, for his size, I liked Frank's response too. I've never heard them like that before, or whatever. Would raise like I wish you'd hear them in a new way. Like you've never heard them. He's like, I've never heard them like that. <laughs> and yeah, he's been holding this grudge against Ray since Ray was a child because he acts. Acci- he thinks he accidentally melted all his records, but it turns out since nineteen sixty nine. It turns out it was Robert. So, of course, when that comes out, <laughs> Frank's all buddy-buddy with Ray again. <laughs> and Robert, once again, gets kicked to the side, thrown away. The forgotten oh. child. But it was he did it on purpose. That was just terrible. He did it on He purpose. was upset because he got orthopedic shoes for his <laughs> Christmas present. And Ray got the Hot Wheels that he wanted. But his mother did say that the doctor said they were the best orthopedic shoes you could get. That's just awful. She's hilarious. His parents are terrible. They really are. It's terrible to buy your kids good, solid footwear. Well, if that's bad parenting, I don't want to know what good parenting is, Julia. Not for Christmas. Come on. That's a crap sandwich. It really is orthopedic shoes of all things. Like, not even good shoes. Yeah, because you know those things were ugly. <laughs> um, this one was not my favorite. A large chunk of it took place in Frank and Marie's house, which they had really weird Christmas. They had minimal Christmas decorations, and they had yeah. like, it was like blue and silver. It was like the Hanukkah covers, which is weird because they're hardcore Catholic Italians. I don't know. Blue and silver, My my one of my husband's grandmas used to do that theme so maybe it's and an older thing it's just an old person thing is the way it felt which yeah. felt like what they were going for so hmm. yeah it didn't feel christmasy i don't like their house yeah i don't like their house either they're plastic very old-fashioned with the plastic and everything yep yeah well they give it to Ro- they let robert and amy buy it when they move into their retirement community oh okay the four of them were so happy when they leave. Oh my gosh, I bet. And then they only get kicked out two episodes later and they have to move back. And so Robert and Amy are both living in the house with them because they take their house back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awful. Why do they get kicked out? <laughs> because uh, she made it. <laughs> She was always very critical of all the older ladies there, putting them down and making them feel bad yeah. about themselves. And he drove, he would speed his golf cart around off of tracks, trying to run people down, yelling at them to get out of the way. Oh my God. <laughs> well, so they were so excited initially when they left because it was two hours with traffic away from them. And so Ray <laughs> and Deborah were super excited. And that's, that's one of the running gags on the show, too. All the season finales are, like, flashbacks to, like, when Ray and Deborah got married, when she was pregnant with her kids, things like that. And in all these flashbacks, when they're just this new married happy couple, it's always funny because Deborah's like, oh, 
your parents are great, Ray. And like her and Marie just get along so well in all these flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this one had a Linus moment. No. I didn't see it one. Didn't. And I'm giving it a two. Yeah, two, me too. 1.95. This was my least favorite. So that order that gives us an average of 1.983, which is our lowest ranking ranked one. So the season's greetings comes in first, then the toaster, then the ball, then the Christmas picture, then the thought that counts, then a tie between all I want for Christmas and Christmas present, and then jazz records. Muy, muy interesante. So we want to thank listener David Mugavero, who suggested we did this one. Mm-hmm. Thanks, David, for making the suggestion. I want to know what our listeners think about this one. Okay, so there's we have a question of the week this week, but before we get that, we got answers to last week's question of the week. Last week's question, courtesy of Roll Watch It Buddy, was if you had an infinite budget to direct the best Christmas movie, what would it be about who would you cast? And this week's question, who is a B-list or lower actor and actress you want to see in a Hallmark movie? And we got tons of responses. Hmm. Mike Westfall of Advent Calendar House wrote, he'd want to do a Santa and a time travel chase movie. Second, David Harbour. <sighs> I don't think David Harbour's B-list, though. No, but, but I see where he's coming from. The, the B-list part was a little bit more difficult for me. Right. So, He's not in a ton of movies. And so I could see how he could make it onto the B list, even though B list typically denotes like not as talented of an actor, but Mm -hmm. I I get where he's coming from on that one. Yeah. I feel like there's a thin line between underrated and B list. That's right. And he's underrated. He's not B list. So Derek, he made a really good Hellboy in the reboot. Uh, Jerry Davila of Totally Rad Christmas. I like his answer. He said he would direct a true crisis on Infinite Earth slash Secret Wars style team up with Santa, Frosty, Rudolph, Jack Frost, the Spirits of Christmas Tide, the Grinch, the Miser Brothers, Scrooge, Buddy the Elf, Kevin McAllister, Clarence, the Nutcracker, the Master Twinmaker of the World, Godmother, and a few others fighting against a great pumpkin or a resurrected Winter Bowl. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and he put for his hallmark answer, Richard Armitage or Alexandra Daddario, to which Julia loved the Richard Armitage answer. Uh, yeah, I'd watch the crap out of that. <laughs> also, not B, not B list to me. Underrated. No, ab- absolutely not. Yeah. Um, Matt Yurich to answer his own question, he would go with Ben Savage or Alfonso Ribeiro, which. Totally. Totally. So Alfonso Ribeiro, as in Carlton. As in Carlton. I have a harder time picturing him in a romantic. He'd have to be the best buddy. You know, the best buddy in these movies. That's true. I was automatically casting them in the leading man role, and I don't see him in a leading man role. I also have a hard time with Ben Savage in a leading man role. Well, I'll say this, because... April replied to him on Reddit and wrote Danielle Fischel, so Topanga from Boy Meets yeah. World. I, I think the whole cast of Boy Meets World, if you look at they yeah. are now, 
they're made for Hallmark movies. You take any yes. of those actors. I'm surprised none of them do it. That's honestly. a good point. Why doesn't she? Like her uh, for sure. Like she should. So my answer is I would agree with Gary Blauman, Matt, and April that anyone from Boy Meets World, they're made for it. Take anyone from the 90s to come. TGIF lineup. Rebecca Ball commented, I would write the screen version of a script I wrote of A Christmas Carol from the point of view of the three ghosts. Maybe get Lin-Manuel Miranda to help me change it into a musical. Damon Jane, Damon Waynes Jr. would be my Christmas present. And Idris Elba, my Christmas future. Jennifer Hudson, Christmas past. Scrooge would be a classic British actor like Colin Firth or maybe Simon Callow. <gasps> that sounds pretty cool. Idris Elba in anything, please. <laughs> right. Not really B-rate actor, though. No, again, none of them are. Gotta call that one out big time. Michelle Williams Kidwell wrote Nick Sadler. I went to high school with him and I played the ghost of Christmas past to his Scrooge. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Disco 54 said Bruce Campbell. President Hotdog said, there's only one answer, Gary Busey. I'd love a very busy Christmas. Just Gary no. and Jake decorating the house, putting up the lights while their famous friends stop by and sing Christmas songs to get involved in some sort of shenanigans. Maybe oh. Rachel Ray drops by with a cake or Bobby Flay drops by to collect some gambling debts. Maybe there's a snowman contest between the members of, <laughs> of BTS and they need Gary Busey to judge. Maybe Skeet Ulrich is there because he's living on Jake's couch. Oh. themselves. I would pay to see that. <laughs> President Hot Dog, write it and sell it and make it happen. <laughs> and then Charles wrote, I think Chris Lau would make a good leading Hallmark man. Who would y'all pick? Okay, so I've got three names. One of them's definitely not B-list. But why hasn't Patrick Dempsey done a Hallmark movie yet? Oh. Because he has the right amount of Silver Fox where he should be doing that. Um, Josh Duhamel also, I think, would be great in one of those. And then the definitely not B-list actor, but I think it'd be interesting would be Brian Cranston. Oh, yeah. He would very be. Brian. Yeah, he would be. So when I when I was at when I saw this question, all I could think of were '90s actors for some odd reason. Yeah, um, that's just where my mind went, and I am looking for where my notes were. Crud! I thought I had it here. Uh, what was her name? Mara Wilson, the little girl from Matilda. Yeah, I think she'd be fun to see do something. I would like to see an Elijah Wood Christmas movie. Oh man, I loved Elijah Wood. I did too. Uh, I'm on board with this whole cast of Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. Yeah, them would be fun. Um, Ariana Richards. And well, I would like to see a Hallmark Macaulay Culkin movie. Oh my gosh. Macaulay, Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin Culkin. Macaulay, 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 Macaulay Culkin Culkin. So, you can do like Fred and Ben Savage could do something together. That would be, I'd be okay with that. So I wanted cool to, to save this piece of commentary. It's an answer to the first question. Infinite budget, who would you cast? What would the movie be about? Mm-hmm. And our good friend, and I put friend in quotes, our good friend, Todd Killian, of Christmas Clatter Podcast, wrote... He won the internet. <laughs> he I think that's what you're trying to say. 
Adam Sandler, Rain Wilson, and Jennifer Garner. Tis the podcast, the movie. <laughs> and, and, and in and, full support of this. Me too. Any other New Yorker, man. He said he had to pick somebody with New York rage. There are tons of New Yorkers of New York rage. Although, he does rage like nobody's business, though, Anthony. Yeah, shut true. up. <laughs> sounded just, like him. You sounded just like him, dude. That's, that's what I was trying to do. <laughs> I was impressed. That was, that was our best impression yet. <laughs> um, I will say, as much as I hate that idea of Adam Sandler playing me, when he posted the pictures of Adam Sandler, Rain Wilson, Julia, uh, Jennifer Garner, it's like, mm-hmm. <sighs> I would watch this movie. <laughs> I would definitely watch that movie. I, I mean, that, especially that picture of Rain Wilson he posted. It looked just like Tom with the beard and the glasses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like skinny Tom. And Tom can like, I mean, come on, Tom has Dwight's Rain Wilson's, uh, you know, demeanor. Yes. Absolutely. I don't know how I feel about that. It's a compliment. Okay. Uh, I do want to read one last thing President Hot Dog wrote because he answered one of our questions Tom posed when we did a very legendary Christmas. Tom asked why don'ts and specials like these work anymore. Yeah. And President Hot Dog had a really good answer, I think. He said, I think one of the reasons why these kinds of specials don't work anymore, we know way too much about the celebrities who are involved. Bill Murray's kind of works because he's so deliberately a mystery figure outside of his movies and stories about him appearing at frat parties or whatever. But Chrissy Teigen is so public with her life that there's nothing really to find out about her or John Legend. So I think that's actually a really good answer. There's that not that air of mystery. Point. So was that my problem with them the fact that I just don't care about them as people? Because I didn't like know anything about Christy, Christy Teigen except for the fact that she has cool-looking houseware stuff at Target. And y'all, that was quite literally everything I knew about Christy Teigen. So we do have a question of the week for next week to think about that I'm posing to y'all. Oh, I like and this week listeners. in advance thing, y'all. This is so much yeah, better Yeah, this helps me, That way y'all. I can blow it off until the day of. And <laughs> That's like, right. Oh, crap, why didn't I listen to this? And ask this you to remind us what the question of the week was again, Anthony. Oh, that's right. So this comes from our uh, somebody who's really stepping up like Gary Bauman has with these questions. This comes from, well, watch buddy. Well, watch it, buddy. And they, <laughs> and they asked, this is a lot similar to my previous question. But if you had an infinite budget to create a Christmas song, what would the song be about? Also, who would you get to sing it? Can be multiple people. And what would the music video be like? For example, if I could, I would want a song about someone getting drunk on Christmas. But, but make it sound jolly, because let's be honest, who listens to the lyrics of songs? I would want, Please, I would want the music. Daddy, don't get drunk. This Christmas, I I would want the music video to be in the same style as Destiny's Child, Rudolph the Red Reindeer, The Greatest Gift, Sainsbury's. In the video, there'd be this beautiful Dickens Christmas town, but would be contrasted by this guy running through the streets and breaking anything in his way. Oh man! So something to think about, and we want to hear all of your answers too. Where can they give us their answers, Julia? 
Uh, well, we have lots of different ways for you to do that. Pick your poison. Um, we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook groups, Reddit, and you can get to any of those just by plugging that into the end of our URL. So tisthepodcast.com backslash insert your social media here. And you can come to your favorite social media site that you are on all day, endlessly scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. You can interact with us at the same time and meet our super awesome community of listeners because we, as you've heard multiple different names on this episode alone, we have awesome listeners. Um, and those awesome listeners have some awesome podcasts and some of them just have super awesome comments and you can talk to them as well. So come chat with us. Uh, I will say we also have another option. You can always reach out like some of our new users have been and message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. All the all of our messages are open and uh, we'd love to hear from you there as well if you're not uh, comfortable sharing your ideas with everybody. We got some, a couple suggestions for things we can add to the queue for next year. We actually just recorded an episode on Hamilton and we have a Christmas in July episode coming up that I recorded months ago with April Riley before she shamed me on this podcast unforgivably and we discussed Christmas in New York. Lots of fun stuff on there. Guys, I'm really excited for next week's special movie we're covering on the main show, though. I am, too. We are covering Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, right from the 70s, which it's a classic. And the week after that, we're covering the British film Nativity, starring Martin Freeman. So we have a good two weeks from now. Hey, Anthony. Yeah, Tom. I have to tell you about a call I got. What call? Uh, a buddy of mine, my, one of my oldest friends, friends from, uh, oh, probably 22 years now, messaged me, and uh, I'll edit it, but said, what the heck is wrong with you? Why don't you like Christmas and Holla? Look at your face, Anthony. Oh, my gosh. We need a sticker of that. Merry Christmas, <laughs> Anthony. But um, so, I'm so happy. So the trolling for, and I had to point out that it's not only a horrible Christmas song, it's not a good rap song either. Oh my God. Uh, his, his only real defense was that it was Run DMC. And I was like, well, you know, he didn't walk on water, so not everything he does is perfect. But I'm standing, I'm standing strong. Different. I'm standing strong in my dislike. Thought but that I was going to go that different. I'm even well, getting trolled. In, I'm getting trolled in, in my everyday life by my oldest friends now. Well, you know what? I hope, honestly, when the episode of Jerry Davila of his show, Totally Rad Christmas, comes out, in which me and him discuss that song and kind of the history behind that song and everything, I hope you really do give it a listen. I would like to hear your thoughts. Nah. I have thoughts. I'm good. Julia, I know you'll listen to it and give us a fair shake. Sure. Not only do we have good stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks that I'm excited about, especially Sesame Street, especially Sesame Street pre-Elmo. I know Elmo is supposed to be a young child and they bond really well with him. I still find it to be pretty obnoxious. (laughs) Although his special he did with his dad on racism was pretty rad. Mm -hmm. I have some even more exciting news. His Not So Late show was also pretty rad. I have some even better news. We right now are at like 3,816 hours until Christmas. That's only 159 days. That's only 22 weeks. We're almost in the teens. Y'all, this is nuts. 
That really is insane. When you look at that spreadsheet, like that's pretty crazy. We've done bad a lot this year. Bad news for the world. We'll still be in quarantine from Christmas time. Good news for our listeners. It probably means more bonus content for you. We'll still be here for you, y'all. That's probably what that means. <laughs> that is probably what that means. And yours right. truly will be wrangling Tom and Julia and trying to get them scheduled. We're counting on you. Counting on you, buddy. <laughs> All right, y'all. Do your homework. Take a watch Sesame Street. Watch Sesame Street. If you figure out how to get there, tell us how. Oh. And <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs> The mood is right, the spirit's up, we're here tonight, and that's enough, simply having a wonderful Christmas time, simply having a wonderful Christmas time, the party's on, the feeling's here, that only comes, to time of year. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time Simply having a wonderful Christmas time The choir of children sing their song We're simply happy.